Welcome to Mad World. What's going on, everybody? I feel like we are, I feel like when we start these podcasts, we're weathermen, because I always start with the weather outside. You it's do. depressingly hot today. <laughs> like, painfully hot. Come on, it could be snowing. You're not going to complain about the weather. That's been true. Well, listen, it's summer, everybody. We we are back here at you with Mad World. And we left you on a little bit of a cliffhanger last week. Talked about uh, addictions and stuff like that based on uh, the the new gambling rules. Right, right Donnie? In, uh, that, that, got, that the government passed. Yep. I yep. guess it's up to the state now whether yep. they're going to legalize gambling or whatnot. So that led into a whole conversation about addictions and and people's uh, just vices that they face and how we can help one another, provide accountability to one one another to to help people that struggle with any type of addictions or bondages. And then you decided to leave our listeners on a cliffhanger (laughs) and throw a Molotov cocktail into the into the into the room and then run away. I think we we rang out that dish rag pretty well, though, don't you? Yeah, and we have to le- we have to continue to leave our listeners on a cliffhanger with that question because the question was, which by the way, did you enjoy the concert that you went to? Oh yes, remember what hauling I- oats, hauling oats. Yeah, <laughs> they were right. they, they were hauling oats. I thought <laughs> I was I thought it was the B fifty twos, but it was hauling oats. That's right. Uh, are they still alive? I don't know. Well, you were just at the concert. Well, it was fake. It was fake news. The the cliffhanger we left you on after Donnie got back from the Hall and Oates concert, <laughs> right before he went to the Pat Benatar concert the next night, was hit me with your best shot. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the addictions, and he said, "Well, why is it? Why do you think that so many uh, Christians yeah. are still struggling with drinking yeah. and and stuff like that? You know, partaking in things that that are vices and addictions for other people." Right, man, what a question. But we have to leave you with that on that cliffhanger until next week or another week because something really interesting has happened in the last week since our last podcast, and we really want to address that today. Oh, no question. And uh, we're a couple days removed since since it's happened, since the NFL passed this new rule regarding the national anthem, which was just you know headlines every day last year during the football season oh, yeah. and before and after it. So we want to talk about that today a little bit. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, well, Joe, how did you feel last year watching uh, the NFL? Actually, 2016. How did you feel when you saw the response of some of the players? What was your your initial reaction when you saw guys when the national anthem was being played? Mm-hmm. Where normally uh, all the players are standing uh, on the sideline in respect to the flag, respect to the country, respect right. to the anthem, but all of a sudden now there was a change, and uh, Kyle um, uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick started something what was your emotional initial feeling on that right you remember well just before i answer that let's just make sure our listeners have the proper perspective right now on what's happening on the ruling. so okay. the 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 new ruling is that and i guess we can't go back to we can't spend uh half an hour reviewing on what's actually happened you'll understand if, if you if you don't know by now i think you'll get it through the bits and the pieces through this podcast but the the ruling is as of last week the NFL has come came out and said and i believe it was the owners that got together yep. to to really yep. do this right yes that you must be standing at attention for the national anthem or basically and i'm paraphrasing it don't come out right. of stay, the locker room stay in the locker room right. or come out if you're going to come out 
you have to stand with the other players. Um, the the NFL owners have agreed on that ruling, and that's the deal. Right, and and this is because, like Donnie was just saying, in 2016, uh, San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick decided to take a knee during the national anthem to draw attention to that is correct. what he said. Uh, you know, is black black oppression in America, police brutality, whatever. Right. And um, a lot more players started doing it. It yeah. wasn't just him. You know, I, I think it was him for the first couple of weeks or something like that. Yeah. But it caught fire. A lot of uh, African-American players, and I'm not sure if, if players from other uh, ethnicities joined into that, but it right. became it, a pretty popular thing by the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, they right? did. It actually was a preseason game, I believe, in August, and – uh, it was kind of his retaliation or response to uh, two shootings. I think there was one in Louisiana in July where um, a man was killed by a police officer, a black uh, an, um, African-American man was killed by a white police officer. And then also in Minnesota the next day, I don't have the exact dates. I don't think that's that's so necessary if you, mm -hmm. if you want that call in or something. But um, the next day, another um, African-American man was killed by a white police officer. And so that kind of fueled the uh, initiative for Colin Kaepernick, and he started it in August of 2016. Right. Yeah, and that's what happened. Okay, so to answer your question, how did, how did I feel? How did you feel? Were your initial well, response? Yeah, I mean, back in 2016, when, when I turned on the game and saw uh, players kneeling during the national anthem, my response was very, very uh, outraged about mm -hmm. that, very defensive of, of the country and the flag. And think, I think I thought it was, and still do think that it's disrespectful to uh, kneel down during the national anthem. Right. But over time, wow, I can't believe it's almost two years ago. Mm -hmm. Because uh, really, last year is when it really everything really blew up right. and got really really crazy. Right. But it's been two years since the, since the inception, almost uh, not quite two years, but this August it'll be two years. Right. But over time, after listening to a lot of interviews on this and thinking about it a lot, even praying about it, I definitely have a different, a little bit of a different perspective now. Uh, I still think that that it 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 absolutely is disrespectful. I, I believe that there's men and their women, there's men and women who give their lives to defend the flag and defend this country. So right. I don't think that that's the right outlet to take mm -hmm. to make a protest, uh, you know, about about uh, something that's very legitimate, mm -hmm. about, a, uh, about a conversation that's very, very legitimate. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, racism is, is something, and I'm not saying this in direct, in direct, uh, regards to, to to law enforcement mm -hmm. unfortunately i'm sure that i'm sure that there's law enforcement out there who are prejudiced and i'm sure there's uh gas station attendants who are prejudiced and i'm sure that there's landscapers who are prejudiced there's prejudice all over definitely so i don't think anyone's exempt from that but and donnie you know give me your your thoughts on this i think we uh, think subconsciously that well, that that left after the Civil War, you know, there's, you know, prejudice and racism. That's a thing of the past. Or, you know, that left after the civil rights movements and all that with Dr. King. And I tell you what, man, prejudice and racism is unfortunately seems like it's alive and well. in this yeah, country. It seems like it actually resurged. I mean, I think right, there, I think right, there right. were times in the country where, you know, racism, maybe it was doing a little better, more tolerance, more mm -hmm. acceptance. But it seems like 
lately, and especially through the, some of the police brutality that's gone on, it's really sparked a lot of upheaval, a lot of upheaval, a lot of tension. I mean, gosh, it's just uh, protesting. Uh, it's just been insane. With the, there's definitely been a a lift again, another awareness that unfortunately, whether we want to admit this or not, in America, racism is very much still alive. Right. And it's sad fact uh, but it's absolutely true right you know it's it's into the fiber of the country you know when i saw this first happen uh, to be honest with you joe um when when kaepernick took the knee and it started becoming you know the 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 front of every news uh, response and paper and social media i was really really upset about it to be honest with you as a you know an older american and just thinking about how many people have lost their lives all the way back to the Vietnam War and 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 the the, the uh, social tension that went on there, and even lives that came back from war that are emotionally not even doing that well. Some of the people that I personally know, you know, a couple of years younger than me that were in Desert Storm, that still have the after effects of of uh, whatever happened there, whether whether it be emotional uh, and or any kind of chemical warfare that was going on. There's people that have Desert War syndrome. Right. There, you know, one guy we know, both of us know, I won't mention him, but he does, he can't even function really today still. Um, sometimes his whole body goes numb. He can't walk right. You know, there's a lot of physical problems that he's gone through because he gave his 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 all in service to our country through Desert Storm and that that um, that conflict that was going on back then. So people have given their lives. People have lost their lives. There's been people that have given their seen their kids go off to war or off to military and served and gave their lives because they cared about the country. And even there's moms and dads that have lost children, uh, you know, in the military that are still saying, you know, we love our country and our, it was honorable for our, our, our child to give his life in service for America. So that all being said, when I first saw this, it was really upsetting to me. I felt it was completely disrespectful. I felt like, you know, uh, and you know how much I love football. <laughs> I mean, I played football in high school and in college, and I have friends that played professional football. I love the game. I love studying the game. I love watching the game. Mm -hmm. But it was really upsetting to me that that platform was used. Nobody's saying that the, that the cause is not real. No one is saying that it's not a just cause. No one is saying that uh, racism is not alive. We're saying it, it, it very much is so alive. But when I saw the way he chose to protest, I thought it was off, quite frankly, because I think that we're, we already have difficulty in America with honoring people in authority. We've gotten away from that. Now we're talking about not even honoring our, the, the, the symbol of national unity and, and honoring our flag. Yeah. Yeah. And this, the, the irony here is, and there's so much to talk about. We, we, we could, we could break this up into a three part podcast. That's how much we could probably talk about this, but the issue, well, let, let's let's actually, let me read you the quote of how this all started yeah. uh, from Colin Kaepernick. I'm not going to stand up to show pride. This is back in before the first time he knelt in the 2016 preseason game in, in August. I'm not going, or, or I should say in response to, I guess, response. the first game when he yeah, was questioned right. on it. I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. To me, this is bigger than football, and it would be selfish on my part to look the other way. There are bodies in the street and people get and and people getting paid leave and getting away with murder. Right. Okay. So I think that to a degree everybody would agree again to a degree of Colin Kaepernick's yeah. 
concern and many, probably many people of color. Um, listen, I'm a white American. I don't know what it's like to be a, a black American sure. and, and go through what black Americans have gone through. Okay. The roots of what they've gone through, what's still going on now. Uh, you hear stories all the time of, of, of people of color driving through the wrong neighborhood and getting profiled and stereotyped. No, I mean, I this is a real it. issue. We can't, we Absolutely. can't act like it's not an issue because it is. It is. Uh, so I don't have a problem with now that that's that's a that statement is a pretty to, to make a, bl a blanket statement. I'm not going to stand a show pride for a country that oppresses black people. I don't yeah. know if I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with you. But but to a degree, I do understand where he's coming from. But the irony on all of this is this is not even what it's about anymore. This has become he, he's he's not accomplishing. I don't believe what he, he what he set out to accomplish. He, he set out to accomplish bringing attention to a very real issue and i think the nfl really messed up and dropped the ball with this because uh they could have given him a platform and an outlet in other in other ways no doubt i think it. his and other and other people who knelt last year during the national anthem i think that from an from an athlete's perspective they they uh, this is this is their platform playing football is is all they know how to do it's their voice. So for them to show support of an issue, uh, the first immediate thing that could come to their minds, something that's going to make the most dramatic ripple effect and get people's attention is to kneel down during the national anthem. Right. What the commissioner and the owners should have done when this started happening was say, okay, we understand where you're coming from, which by the way, three quarters of the workforce of the NFL are black. Their players right. are, are African-American. Right. And most of the owners are not. Most of the owners are white. Right. So that's a whole other issue and a whole other discussion. I heard uh, somebody on ESPN Radio uh, describe it as, um, and I, I certainly wouldn't use this, but I'm just quoting what they did. I think it was Chris Canny from uh, X, X Giant who has a morning show, but like as a plantation business, you know, white owners, black black workforce. I mean, that, that's that's. I'm not saying I would use that term, but this is what it is. This is this is a lot of the league. African American and right. the owners are, are are not. And what the owners should have done and what the commissioner should have done was say, you know what? Our black players, our African American players, have a legitimate reason to be protesting. They're 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 have a very legitimate issue. Let's give them some type of let's give them some type of support. Let's give them some type of a voice. Let's 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 do a uh, event or or or, or preseason interview or pregame interviews around this topic and let their voice be heard. But instead, they didn't. They did nothing, and that's why the players insisted on continuing to kneel, inciting mm -hmm. the president, inciting fans. You're one of the fans who. I mean, I don't know anybody who likes football more than you. Absolutely. And you and you chose not to really watch the games last year. Yeah, last year I actually boycotted the NFL. I mean, I actually did because amongst whole, thousands whole, of other whole, fans. other reasons, and we'll get. Yeah, exactly. I think they're. I think that their viewing audience was down like thirty percent or something ridiculous like that last year. I don't know if it's twenty five or thirty percent. Whatever it is, it affected them greatly. And going back to what you were saying, Joe. Yeah, I mean, Kaepernick, the NFL players, you're right, most of them are Af African-American, or a lot of them are African-American. And and I don't disagree with the fact that they're saying that there's ra racism in America and that there is police brutality at times. It seems to be targeted against uh, black guys. But there's also, there's also it's, it's, there's, there's, it's going the other way as well, where there are uh, black police officers that are sure. killing 
you know, uh, white uh, uh, parish- parishioners, white folks. Yeah, sure. So, so it's going on. But my bottom, my, what I wanted to say was that I think that. But when that the, happens, it doesn't get the press and it doesn't get as much of a reaction because white people were never enslaved in this country exactly. and white people never had to sit in the back of the bus and exactly stuff like right. that. So that's yeah. never going to change. Exactly right. And and but to say that it's America that is suppressing black people. I don't think it's America. I right, think it, right. I think it's pockets of racism in mm-hmm. America. And I think that's it's it's generational as well. But that's a whole other story. But I think that the National Football League and folks like Colin Kaepernick who are making Colin was making, I don't know, what it was a hundred million dollar contract. I mean, he's certainly not being himself is not being suppressed. Mm-hmm. He's making a whole lot of money. And with with the platform that he has he could have done a lot more positive um, uh, of, of a strategy or come up with more positive strategy right. with the NFL right. to make a difference where there's racism, like you're saying, right. special interviews or whatever. But I think what all it's done is, is it's actually brought more racial tension. tension. Exactly. It's, it's caused exactly. a deeper problem. Right. People are aggravated. You can see people get frustrated about it. And, and obviously, I'm a Christian, so I try to keep a Christ-centered approach to this. But I literally boycotted the NFL last year because I was disgusted by watching it over and over again. And then it seemed like some of the guys, they didn't even know what they were protest mm-hmm. protesting about. Mm-hmm. And then we've got, you know, um, you know, you got Odell Beckham on the Giants, who I love the Giants, but you got Odell Beckham. He scores a touchdown. They're having a, a horrible season. He decides he's going to pretend he's a dog urinating in the end zone. I mean, come on. I, I think we're getting out of control. And I think that... Um, the NFL needs to reel this stuff back in and get a control on what's happening. Let's do something positive with all the money that the NFL has. It's a billion, billion dollar industry football. It's massive money, making massive money. And they're only hurting their own cause. If your viewing audience is down 30% because the American public are getting disgusted looking at this as they don't even know what the uh, what, what they're protesting anymore. They're just looking at uh, players that are making $100 million kneeling when everyone else is standing, and Americans are getting disgusted. Hey, I, I go to work, I make $50,000, right. and I have to give you know my whole life. You guys are playing a game and making $100 million. I mean, you're, you're a little misplaced. Right. You, you don't have good direction on your strategy on how to combat, ra- combat racism. I think you get the rest of the public to join in with you if you had a good plan. Mm-hmm. That wasn't doing something that we we feel is disgraceful. And we're going to bring it full circle because that's really the bigger picture here is what can the church do to help this situation? Right. Listen, the NFL should not be the standard for fixing racism. The NFL's policies should not. The church should be the standard. You're right. The church should be the example, not the NFL. So everyone's waiting for the NFL, which, by the way, we're going to get into this in a second. The NFL has done nothing with this new rule to right. fix the problem. Not a thing. They've made it worse. And some people may disagree with that, but I'll, I'll explain why I think that they've done absolutely nothing. To your point, maybe even made it worse. Right. Uh, you know, and we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But the church needs to be, to, 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 to be the standard and be the example on this stuff. And I believe that it's not just for racism, but in, in all types of uh, debatable conversations and convictional conversations. The church needs to be unified on this. Absolutely. And, uh, man, I don't know if we want to get off on this rabbit trail, but, I mean, the church, we're guilty too. We have we have church bodies of one color, one right. race, one ethnicity. When 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 Peter received the vision, which was, was really cool because I was in the exact spot where Peter was, 
on on the rooftop and uh that's pretty cool yeah just unbelievable and simon the tanner's house that's awesome but when he received the vision right that and and our listeners you may be familiar with the story or not you can read it in the book of acts the blanket came down mm -hmm. and all that that the gospel was now available for everyone right that is when it all changed that is when when the the church was now um born and uh, the the I don't believe that God's intent was for the church to ever be one race anymore. Up to yeah, that point, it right, was right. Up to that point, it right. was it was all Jews. That's what it was. Right. But now it's available for everyone. Right. Now it's available for Gentile and Jew alike. And fast forward two thousand years later, but we still have churches, full gospel churches that when you go inside, it's it's people of that want to want to worship with really just people of my own heritage. Right. And and I know some great ministries that are like that, but I really believe that that's it's not God's ultimate plan for the church to have uh, churches full of just one race or one ethnicity. I believe multicultural, multi-ethnic bodies of uh, th that the body of Christ should be a multi-ethnic, multi-racial, multicultural body. I really believe and that. And there you go. That's the answer to racism, right there, Joe. What you're talking about. Jesus said, "My house." So my house will be called the house of prayer for all nations. So all nations should be coming together to, to worship together, to celebrate together. God is certainly not looking at the color of your skin. He's looking at the condition of your heart. Right. And for us to come together unified as Christians, all nations coming together, that's kind of neat because you're embracing all cu cultures and all races. It makes us so well-rounded. Right. You know, I, it, how we can start is by changing the signs on the outside of some of our churches. Right. Back in the day, the the you know the Italian American church, yeah, or the, sure. the African American church, right. or the Spanish church, right. or the or, church. yeah, or the Latino church, yeah, or wherever. Yeah, yeah. We we put these signs out front, and what we're saying is we feel comfortable in our culture. And I don't know about you, but I'd feel awkward going into a church and making it my own church if outside it says the Korean church of you know yeah. wherever. And, and in defense of of a lot of those, we can't speak for every. There's probably hundreds of thousands of churches like that that you're talking yeah. about in America, and we can't speak for all of them. But in defense of them, I'm sure that most of them, the the motive is not their ra they're racist or prejudiced against people outside of their uh, ethnicity. But maybe it's just ignorance. Maybe it maybe it's a you know a uh, Hispanic pastor that starts a church and it just becomes a a Spanish speaking church or a or a Chinese pastor that starts a right. a church and it becomes a Chinese you know church. Maybe it's nothing more than it, just coincidence, you know, right. and people just of that heritage just uh, come together because they're more comfortable. But, but, but yeah, yeah. regardless of what the motive is, yeah. this is another way that the world is looking at the church and saying they can't even get it together. Right. See, they, 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 you know, they, they have their own right. their own churches. They hang out with each other. So why would we expect the world not to still have prejudice in it? Right. It, you it, it, it does, you're right, Joe. And the thing is, is even if it's done out of ignorance or being naive. There's still an importance in in making a change there because when you and you can be comfortable with your own culture. You know, right. I grew up in an Italian American home in Nutley, New Jersey. Literally, I thought everybody was Italian American until I got older. Right. You know, even in college. But was when I went to the workforce, I started recognizing. Listen, it's a whole lot of other cultures sure. out there. You know. Sure. And you know, there was things that we would say as Italian Americans that were inherently uh, racist, mm -hmm. sort of like. I can remember coming home from somewhere and um, my mom saying, oh, I, I saw so-and-so. Um, he's a nice Italian boy. And da-da-da-da-da. Or I, or I met someone that you went to high school with, you know, 
Joan, whatever. She's a nice Italian girl. Like mm-hmm. in, inherently, what are you? What's the message that you're sending? Well, you know, Italian people are nicer. Mm-hmm. We feel more comfortable with Italian people. That goes for every race, right? And and when you do that, inherently, you're 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 setting yourself up, even if it's for passive uh, racism. It's nonetheless, it's racism because. To understand, when you open up a church, for, for example, and it doesn't say, you know, the African-American church of, of New Brunswick or whatever, you know, the Italian-American church of Staten Island, when it, it just is a church that's open to everybody, every race, every right. creed, every color, you get to understand the different cultures and love and, and embrace the different cultures without making your own determinations before you're meeting people. Yeah, and there's, a, and there's a big difference between having a church maybe in a certain uh, part of the world where the demographics are right. mostly one type of culture and and just having just having a church where it's predominantly people of of that race or whatever there's a big difference between that and making a statement no this is a white church right. no this is a black church exactly. no, this is a latino church exactly. whatever and we're not really uh, we're not really down with the idea of people messing that up. There's a huge difference with that. That's and it. I think most of what we have, of what we're talking about in the church today, is probably the former. But still, the fact remains, we have we have division amongst the church, just like we do in the world. No doubt. But bringing it back to the NFL. So uh, what the NFL has done, and really this is because the president has come out uh, on multiple occasions and and really, really severely flogged the NFL for this, right? Yeah, yeah. For for allowing this to happen. I mean, last year and we we obviously won't uh there's some 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 uh expletive in his remark. Right. So we won't say it, but uh you know, the NFL uh, or rather uh President Trump came out last year, I remember, and it was big news when he was at a a a, a pro um, you know, conservative Republican rally or something like that, and he basically said that as the as an NFL owner, like, listen, if you see one of your players kneeling, fire him. Get that SOB out of the country. Right. Now, I don't know if, or out of, or I'm sorry, uh, get him off the field. He didn't say out of the country. Right. And, you know, I don't know that that is obviously the right response. But in, in any any event, whether it's right or wrong, uh, the, that obviously got the attention of the yeah. NFL owners. Yeah. Obviously got yeah. the, their attention. And I think they realized at that point, okay, the president, the most powerful man in the world, is is uh, hurting our product right and don't you think that at, at the end of the day that that's probably what this is all about is the product being hurt and the yeah, money being course. lost and the fan of base course. being lost i don't know that this is about a real moral issue that they're rallying around they think no. that attendance uh, attendance in the stadiums are down and 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 viewers are down and merchandise sales are down so now the nfl is panicking and realizing okay let's make this rule you have to stand or stay in the locker room. Right. We got well, to appease somebody. What do you think is going to happen now? The players aren't going to come out right. that are still in protest. Right. The media is going to line up and take roll call every single game. They're going to take attendance every single game and they're going to say, "Okay, number uh, 22 didn't come out, number 77 didn't come out, number 88 didn't come out," and they're going to have a microphone in their face. Right. Immediately after the game, asking them why they weren't out for the national anthem. Yeah, get ready. They didn't solve anything. No, get ready for more conflict. Get ready for more crisis. Right. Get re- ready for more volatility. Right. I mean, the bottom line is that we're half pregnant here. You know, you make a decision or don't make a decision. That's exactly. They're half pregnant. They're That's half a good pregnant. Way to put it. Make exactly a decision right. or don't make a decision. Well, the NBA doesn't have this problem. The NBA has a rule that you have to stand for the national anthem, and I, I think, I think it was in response 
to in the 95, 96, 96, 97, somewhere around there. I remember I was a kid when this happened. There was a player on the Nuggets mm. named Muhammad Abdul Roof. And I and I and I see this in the notes that that they prepped for us for this podcast. But I I remember this happening when I was a kid. Uh, he 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 refused to stand during the national anthem one game, and kind of um, a similar similar to, to to Kaepernick. He wanted to draw attention to anti-Islamic, you know, whatever agenda that he had. Right. And he was suspended by the league. You know, he was told it couldn't be done. You know, et cetera. And I don't think I don't. As far as I know, we haven't had this problem since. So no. they made a hard rule. Like, listen, people got to remember the these sports sports leagues, the NFL, the MLB, the NBA. These are privately yeah. owned. Bus- these are businesses. Absolutely. Like, like, there's nothing oppressive about having rules in your business. Of like, we're we're a church, and we have different policies here. Doesn't mean we don't like you, but you know, to work here, there's certain rules you have to abide by. Right. Go down, uh, go down the street to your you know, your your local big corporation that they have. They have rules in their workplace. And these sports, we, we put these athletes on pedestals because they're bigger than life and they're making hundreds of millions of dollars. But it's the same thing. The owners right. have the right to say, you know what, this is this is my this is my team. This is my rule. You Absolutely. can do this, you can't do this. I agree with and you. And I don't know why they haven't taken a lesson from the NBA and why they didn't just decide to do that. If right. you don't want to if you don't want to stand, then go play. Go play in another. Go play in another league. Well, let's even get more wishy washy. If the if the player does come out and he doesn't stand, then the team can get fined, right? And the owner can decide. Okay, let me decide whether that number twenty two is going to take the brunt of this fine, or me as the owner, I could pay the fine. So talk about wishy-washy. There really hasn't been a decision that's been made. Right. When it oh, first, so there's a fine too. Yeah, there's a fine involved. If so you don't come out. If you, it, well, you no, you if you come out and you don't uh, stand. Okay. That you will be fined. Okay. However, the owner or the team itself can decide whether they'll take the brunt of the fine or they pass that fine on gotcha. down to the player. To me, again, we are babysitting. Right. We're not. We're not making the right decision. Right. We're going to cause make more chaos. I agree with you. When you own a company, when you own an organization, you are able to set down rules and regulations, mm-hmm. a standard in that company so that you can take care of the well-being of that company. And ultimately, it benefits all the employees. So, right. again, they're acting out the way they have has not benefited the team or the league because it's dropped attendance of viewing audience by 25 or 30 percent, which affects bottom line, which affects revenue. And guess right. what, Mr. Kaepernick? Those hundred dollar contracts can't get paid. As a matter of fact, if you research 100 it, million. hundred million, uh, Colin hasn't been able to get back in the league over this. So right. what's really happened? What good has come out of this? Sure. I, I, I don't see it. Yeah, And don't forget, he was, this didn't get anywhere near the press, but remember uh, around when he started uh, this initiative back in, in, in uh, 2016, he also was in a, in a practice game and he had the socks, right. remember with the pigs, with the police uniforms <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. So there's obviously some deeper, um, you know, deeper motives that he, he must have had some personal motives, you know, rather than just, listen, I really want to bring awareness. That's, you know, you don't, you don't do, and there was something else too that he got caught up in too. So uh, I don't, I don't know that he, he had to take this route. I think, sure. I think it could have been a totally different route and a lot more positivity could have came out of this. But pr- the president's under a lot of fire recently because he last week, uh, you know, came out and supported this new rule with the NFL and said uh, that players don't stand. 
Uh, they shouldn't be allowed to play, mm -hmm. and maybe you shouldn't even be allowed in the country. Yeah, I heard. Okay, I so saw that too. what's your thoughts on that? Well, he, you know, he's an extreme guy. He's making an extreme stand. He's right. extremely loyal and dedicated, and, and uh, he's got a lot of national pride. So he doesn't like what he's seeing, and and whether I agree with with his uh, curse words or not, right? I don't disagree with making a hard stand. I think you silence this controversy by saying NFL owners like make a decision, right? Get find the player, make it mandatory that they stand, and then let's find our you know hundred million dollars and let's figure out a way to really battle against racism by using the NFL platform for good because there's a lot of influence that these NFL players have yeah. on the next generations, younger people coming up. They have a massive platform. Let's get together. How about we get together all the different nationalities that are in, in the National Football League mm -hmm. and we come to some kind of a unity plan to to deal with racism oh, that, in every that's aspect. That's they should have done. Yeah. That's what they see. That would have caused some conversation, some discussion. All we have now is more, more, more anger, uh, more diversity, <laughs> and, anger. and and more, yeah, more people angry at each other, and 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 I think it's scary. I think it's extremely scary that sides seem to be being drawn with this, and people of of the same race and color just automatically choose to. To, to be on the side of people like listen this is this can't be right this cannot be this is not about I'm with uh, this one because they're a certain color this is about what is the truth here right. what 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 is the truth and again the truth is we have an issue and let's address it let's talk about it as opposed to uh, use the wrong outlets to to listen part of the this part, part of being an American part of part of this country it's a constitutional right. 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 To be able to protest and right. voice your opinion, exactly, and do it peacefully. Exactly. So in that respect, I don't think that that you know the players weren't burning the flag. You know the players weren't causing riots. I I disagree personally. I disagree with kneeling down uh, during the national anthem. I do think it's disrespectful, but uh, the fact is they have the right to do it. That's what makes this America. Right. They have the they have you know they have a right to do that. But did they have to? Did they have to take that route? That's the question. The answer. Right we're kind of uh, agreeing with is no. And what do we go from here? Right. Well, we don't know where the NFL goes from here, but we know where the church can go from here. Yep. The church can be an example. The church could be the standard. We can, we can, we can stop acting like this isn't an issue and, and, and just doing church, or we can address it. Some of our high-level church leaders can, 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 can broach this subject, and they can talk about it, and we can, we can get... Uh, platforms, uh, a platform going, and and we can get conversations going, and I believe that we can, we can, we can help the country look at us and say, they've they've they got it together. They figured you know, it they, out they, exactly. They figured it out. We can we can do some great things together. Well, wow. Well, let's let's continue to watch and observe and see how this story unfolds. It's really going to get interesting, I guess, over the summer when the when the when the preseason games start. Yeah. Right. Yep. You, you know, someone's going to kneel, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't expect as a fan no one to kneel. No, it's right? gonna it's gonna happen, and then it's gonna really get weird because you know the the owners are gonna bail out the players that are you know needed players that right. are top top producers. Mm. That's what's gonna happen. Interesting. Watch, watch it happen. Well, we're gonna have to stay tuned and and keep listening to Mad World and keep uh, watching the TV, and we'll we'll see what happens. So until then, it's a mad world. Listen, it's a mad world out there, <laughs> but the, that's the bad news that it's a mad world. The good news is the church doesn't have to be mad. That's right. The church can be unified. The church can be one. 
Uh, we can be one body of Christ. We can love each other. We can be there for each other, regardless of what your color is, regardless of what your race is, regardless of what regardless of what your ethnicity is. The church can be the standard for this. We truly believe that. And until then, we're saying salute the flag, salute the flag. <laughs> And salute your shorts for all you that grew up in the 90s. God bless you. Have a great one. Mad World's podcast is brought to you by Abundant Life Whippany, where Donnie and I serve as associate pastors. For more information, visit alwcw.com.